The Jungle Podcast. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's good? This is The Jungle Podcast. And I'm... And I'm... Today, we are joined by Alberta water filter named Terry. So, why is it named Terry? And, you know, I, I was actually <laughs> going to make a joke about gender, actually, but I feel like Terry is like a uh, androgamous name. Like, that could go either way, you know? I should say, and say andro- wait, androgynous, right? Yes, but I consciously choose to say words incorrectly. Okay, so that that's a real <laughs> thing you do. Yes. Okay. So, uh, you think it's a gender-neutral name? I mean, I've met dudes named Terry, and I've met women named Terry, unless there's something they're not telling me. <laughs> uh, I feel like Terry reminds me of, like... And this sounds messed up, but it reminds me of, like, a woman that I feel like I'd seen in, like, a trailer park. <laughs> like, is, is, that, is that controversial? Is that messed up to say? I mean, yes. Yes? Okay. Like, passing judgment on all Terry's a little in bit. the U.S. I mean, outside the U.S. too, you know? No, I, I know why I'm thinking that. So, have you heard of the uh, show My Thousand Pound Sisters? I've heard about my thousand pound life, or like or my it's my like six hundred pound life. My six hundred pound life, and I think there were other TV shows that like one upped it with like heavier <laughs> yeah. weights for whatever so, reason. There's this one show. It's called I think it's My Thousand Pound Life or something like that. But essentially, there are two sisters named Tammy, and then another woman. I forgot her name. But uh, for some reason. All I remember is the name Tammy, and then I associate it with the name Terry. Yeah. Because they sound very similar, right? But Tammy was, like, this really heavy woman, and was, like, really lazy and stuff, and now it's, like, all I associate with the name Tammy. And it's messed up, because, like, there's probably some great women named Tammy, you know what I mean? <laughs> probably, of course, are you know how many people <laughs> are named Tammy, dude? Not a lot. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure, like, if you can say 1% of people are great people, which is a very small percentage to, like, discuss, I mean, you have a thousand people, you have ten people named Tammy, I mean, there you go. Did you just empirically prove that there are good people <laughs> named Tammy? <laughs> no, man, but, you know, I, I find this interesting. I was thinking about this other day. Um, names. Yes. How names progress over time. Some of them are more popular because of like their meanings in an older language, etc. Um, and I, I've been thinking about things like the Gregorian calendar and how that would change if like humans lived in space. And so I wonder how names would be like. Would names be based off of like this ancient earth people used to live on? And it would be like passed down by a similarity of names. Would there be, like, popular leaders who have unusual names and that would slowly introduce new names to the pool? Uh, I'm not sure because I I would have to see how long it would be, right? Yeah. Now, if you're talking thousands of years into the future, I honestly couldn't tell you. I think there would be, like, origins 
of our language like English in it but I'm not sure because the language is very cultural and is also shaped by your perception of life and I'm not sure how one would describe their perception of life in space yeah like think about that how would culture work in space right instead of having that corner shop you walk by all the time or that forest you have you know well, I mean, I guess, like, would they have coffee shops in space, dude? Dude, I don't know. Uh, you know how, like, there are a lot of people uh, named after characters in the Bible? Yes. Imagine in a thousand years, uh, there are just a bunch of ch children named Elon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can very, very clearly see that. Elon's a, I, I like the name Elon, though. It is a good name. I would name one of my kids Elon. I kind of feel bad for Elon, though, because it's like... His last name's Musk. Yeah. That's really an unfortunate last name to have, right? Yeah, actually. I, I think of Musk. I think of, like, smelliness, you know? I, I think of B.O. Yeah. I mean, is that what Musk... Did you just smell, like, B.O.? No, I was just thinking <laughs> about it. Do you smell yeah. B.O.? No. Okay. Maybe or, like, sure. where is the B.O. coming from? Like, through the walls? Maybe. Yeah. Dude, um... Have you ever been to, like, Spain or, like, any country in that area? I've never been out of the country. Dude, people smell. Mm. People, like, it was weird to me. Like, I guess people just don't use deodorant, and I guess I'm so used to that. You know, like, if someone doesn't wear deodorant and they go about their whole day, like, you will smell them. You will smell their BO, and everyone will, like, consciously take note of that. You know? Yeah, uh... Don't the deodorants they use, aren't they deodorizers? They're not antiperspirants. So when they sweat, they sweat off the deodorizer? Or do they just not use it at all? I mean, I thought people... I, I don't want to say everyone doesn't, but like... My experience is that people just don't use deodorant. Really? Yeah. Uh, in this Native American book I'm reading, Lame Deer, uh he was shitting on all the white men who like covered up their natural scent with deodorants and stuff and it was really hilarious you're covering up your mating scents yes <laughs> dude i was just like i i've agreed with this man oh yeah. I, i've agreed with this man up to that point and i was just like dude. yeah you're cool your culture's cool mating smell <laughs> God, this is awful, dude. <laughs> so, speaking of maiden smell, I've been actively trying to find a partner, right? And I was, and you asked me this question earlier today, and now I'm thinking about it. I was really worried this was going to go in the mating smell direction. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you asked me if I would ever date someone uh, who participated. Are you okay? So you asked me. Would you ever date with someone in the adult entertainment industry? Yeah. Now, when you say adult entertainment, are you referring to sex work in general or specifically porn? Well, I mean, I suppose you could work in the IT department of, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I guess that's technically working in the industry, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I think that really depends because there's a lot of things that are in between. 
Kind of yeah. like um, I, I was doing a lot of research on uh, specifically on erotic dancers and their workplace safety, mm-hmm. and I was very frustrated because I couldn't find any research, or at least not a meaningful and a meaningfully large body of research specifically on erotic dancers, right. just because the were all lumped into the lump sum of sex workers, and then most of that is on prostitutes, but there's a lot of crossover, which yeah, is why is. that exists. So I feel like, you know, there's not that much of a fine line when it comes to things like sex work you know or porn see i'm not super educated on on the topic so i'm just going to preface this by saying i'm not educated and these are all assumptions and inferences and basic knowledge that i know um i feel like if i were to be with someone in sex work it would have to be an individual creator, like solo, like an OnlyFans girl, right? Yeah. I don't know if I could mentally handle dating someone who's like an active escort or prostitute. Like, could you? I mean, I mean, I, I guess it depends what you want out of a relationship, you know? And then like, yeah. you know, what age you are and what culture you're in. Cause like, I suppose if you're some kind of like socialite, like, party goer who sleeps mm. around a lot and then some of the people you sleep around with happen to do sex work i mean i like that's okay that's fine. yeah yeah you know um people can choose what to do with their bodies you can be cool about things but i worry about the degree of emotional connection possible when so much time is spent like having sex with other people and actually, yeah. how often do sex workers shoot? Actually, I, I actually don't know this. Is this so, like a once a week thing? Um, it is very much contract dependent. Right. So it largely depends on your contract. So if you are being contracted by a production company, it can be once or twice a week. Uh, usually there is a method of testing. So sometimes it's they will have a shoot or not a shoot. They'll have a testing two weeks then shoot so they have all the results and all of their blood work done right right. so it's safe uh but for like only fans where you're doing production either by yourself or with another person that you know familiar with you can shoot every day if you'd want to you know yeah but i feel like people often um i i feel like what OnlyFans is like the actual process of creating content is kind of different than what people imagine you know, like, I imagine most large creators have a team that supports them. Oh, definitely. Like, but you know, photographers, like, you know, legal people. However, I do think that does come to a point of why OnlyFans is so sort of parasocial. In that, in a lot of cases, you do have a lot of women who don't necessarily have these large followings. So you don't have a large surplus of people following one woman you're usually dealing with sporadic amounts of people paying a lot of money for one woman. Right. So one woman offers something very specific to a very specific audience, and that audience finds her and pays her a lot of money. So I feel like with OnlyFans, it's less about finding more audience, it's about finding the right audience. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, actually, you know, this reminds me of uh, an article I was reading about OnlyFans and, you know, um, kind of its 
Uh, I, I think the argument was that it was trying to make, or not an argument, but observation was its effect on like, you know, uh, social public health or public social health, mm -hmm. phrased right. Um, you know, because a lot of people, you know, there are like young people who, you know, are powering themselves through school, go to graduate school, enter an executive role, Doing and they're very things. busy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, maybe they don't have time for a relationship and maybe they're not into prostitution and stuff. Like maybe for them, you know, it's healthiest to, you know, I have a bunch of extra surplus money. Why not give it to this person who's producing content and I can have an actual human interaction. I can interact with a person and text them and be one of the few people who text them. See, I actually really get that. However, I do have debates with myself because uh, in a Marxist analysis of capital, uh, no job under capitalism is consensual. It is all exploitative, right? Uh, so for me, because I tend to follow that line of thinking too. Yeah. Um. I find OnlyFans still unethical, in the sense that it's still commodity production of someone's body. However, I find it less unethical than, say, prostitution or a large industry. Does that make sense? Yeah. But there is a debate on. How moral is it that a system encourages women, anyone really, but specifically women in this case, to go into selling their body to have more social mobility? What does that say about the system in itself? Well, I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't want to be that guy who defends... Uh, you know, like, that's not the hill I want to die No, be, on, be, the be the guy, be the guy. Like, you want to be the guy, be the guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 but what I'm saying, man, is that, like, I, I just feel like, you know, there's practical ethics, and mm -hmm. then there's the mathematical ethics, right? So, like, I consider, you know, the practical applications of relativism to be like a practical ethics like we're recognizing that people have different cultural standards of ethics that they have different traditions right but when you um are, are you familiar with Immanuel Kant I'm not familiar I, I know you who ought to he be, is man. but I'm not familiar with his ideology you really ought to be um but um in short um you know uh or at least as it pertains to this conversation um you know Immanuel Kant's uh like theories on ethics mm-hmm are like they exist independent of relativism you know it's something that is more or less provable that is objective you know right so um i think so i think kantian ethics would be more of a mathematically calculated ethics where you can point towards things and say this is wrong this is good whereas you know um more like uh relativism I, mm. I feel like that's more of the practical ethics and i feel like something can be unethical like it can be mathematically proven to be unethical but even so if it benefits people generally and most people are generally comfortable with something even if it's like mathematically proven to be unethical is it really wrong like you know do we need to really care if something is technically wrong if in all practicality and effect 
it isn't wrong like calculus man right you know it's approaching infinity and you use that to kind of cheat your way into making calculations so okay when when you say mathematical and mathematically proven unethical and eth- so mathematic ethics right yeah so is this on the same train of thought as and this may be a ridiculous connection but i do remember jordan peterson when i was really a baby in philosophy which i'm still a baby but i'm less of a baby now i'm like a toddler right now (laughs) Um, i'm right there with you man he described i think jungian philosophy and about universal truths do you know what i'm talking about yeah so is this the same line of thinking that mathematical mathematical ethics are just universal truths of like what people ought to believe in or like what so what what kant says um in short is like um if i can recall because it's been a while um he believes in like categorical imperatives right these are things that under all conditions in all circumstances you ought to do um and the organization of it is that the I, i guess that these specific instances of ethical situations or dilemmas are commanded by deeper more fundamental laws um and then so basically the way that it's structured it's like the golden rule it's Mm. um you know act upon that maxim act upon that law um that you can at the same time will that everyone also acts upon it paraphrasing like one of his quotes Mm. so like you should act in a way that everyone else can act at the same time and there's no contradiction. So is it fundamentally utilitarian then? Or is no. that a little distinct? It, it's like, it's like basically, it, it, it's basically like considering a system of cognizant beings. Oh, okay. You know, and it has to do with a system of cognizant beings and that's why you can derive very specific, or I, I don't, maybe not very specific, but you can derive like universal laws that exist objectively according to that framework. Universal functions, not universal functions. I got you. So like, yeah, almost like obligations in a way. Yes, actually. So like universal obligations. So uh, everyone can be good onto others, and take from world, give back to world, right? Kind of. Like an example he used, um, I I think, or maybe not he used, but that has been used, is uh, lying, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you shouldn't lie because, you know, lying is the breaking of a promise. But if you lied and everyone else lied, then a promise would lose its fundamental meaning. You, You get what I mean? I think I get what you mean. Yeah, it, it's it's a really weird idea to wrap your head around, and honestly, I need a refresher. But like the whole point of bringing this up is to say that I believe you can approach an objective sense of more. Not it, it's uh, so like you can approach an objective sense of morality, mm-hmm. but does it matter? Like, why does it matter if something is technically correct or technically incorrect? Yeah. Is that what we should value? No, I think it's, I think, uh, in the case of, like, an anthropological way of looking at it, you just look at people, 
relative to their experiences, right? Yeah. And then in this case, you are trying to better the world as much as you can in your power as an individual. Yeah. Does that make sense? So is it worth getting into the weeds about what is something that is mathematically unethical or ethical when one should just focus on individually improving the surroundings around them? Their surroundings. Right. Does that make sense? Right, and the improving the surroundings is going to have the most empirical impact. But like to tie this back in, you know, does it really, and this sounds awful, but it is a question that should be asked, does it really matter if somebody's being exploited by you know, capitalist tendencies if they're able to maintain a good quality of life? Uh, I think in a way, yes, because there is still an inherent uh, degeneration of that quality of life when it's exploitative. Right. So, uh, in this case, there is still a mental and physical discrepancy in all jobs under capitalism right now. And, and obviously, there's an ex I'm not expecting any job under communism or state-sponsored socialism to ever be perfect. However, I do think there is a certain level of how good some can someone's quality of life be? Because you're focusing less... So, when you're looking at Marxist analysis of the world, you're shifting the focus away from the individual to the collective. Right. So, in this case... When you analyze quality of life, you are looking at the collective quality of life, less so the individual, right? So when the prostitute on the street, when she does her uh, 8 to 6, so 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift, and then she falls asleep and is fine, uh, under a Marxist analysis, even if she's fine and she's living and has a roof over, over her head, there is still better out there right and that she's still forced to okay how do i i'm trying to like not i'm not losing my train of thought but i'm trying to articulate it in a way that makes more sense that that example was not great yeah um okay when you look at the collective and you look at the class disparities uh you do have to worry about the ethics of exploitation and not exploitation because typically that exploitation creates class disparity and in usually in the working class there is still massive quality of life issues does that make sense that's why well, you focus I, I, on I just think that's a little bit of a reductionist way of viewing things though because no, it, like yeah it definitely you know, can be well i mean you know you can't you can have i believe an exploitative system of work organization where you know uh people above you progressively take smaller and smaller chunks out of the next person down as you get farther down the line mm -hmm. you know uh, and i think that's one of the bigger things you refer to at uh, by saying exploitive um exploit I, I can't say that word man exploitation e exploitation yeah um but like you know um public education can serve social mobility purposes you know um there's like you know, people can join certain organizations that can guarantee, like, you know, a perfectly middle-class, like, life. You know, like, uh, some military organizations can guarantee that for you. But, you know. inherent economic principles, such as natural rate of unemployment, will always guarantee there is a bottom. And that we will always have people living in slums, in poverty, 
even though they can be intelligent enough people to be able to have social mobility. Does that make sense? Because you have to look at living in those areas, right? A lot of times, you're not given the resources in the first place to even understand what you're reading when you look at a college application website. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, in this case, I think you can talk about how my view is reductionist, but in, I think in this case, wouldn't that also be considered reductionist as that not everyone does have the same access to the resources in those public education programs? Well, but the thing is, though, I think that's more of a like local policy thing that varies mm. from place to place because different cities have their like government structure differently. They have their own set of unique problems, which actually is something I think is interesting. Um, specific to the U.S., the U.S. is so large that there are some unique like situations that don't scale, you oh, know, yeah. like I... natural parks... Um, you know earthquakes in some areas um, you know uh, you know dealing diplomatically with uh, Native Americans you know yeah there's um a big thing with the National Park Service in Yellowstone the Native American tribes really yeah um, the National Park Service I think right now people talk about like van life and you know you hit your hippies who love the National Park Service and their national parks but when you actually look at the history of the National Park Service, it is really immoral. Like, we kicked off Native Americans off of Yellowstone to make it a national park. And we also, like, rangers beat up hippie protesters because of what they were doing. Damn hippies. <laughs> yeah, from, dude, it is literally a video of a bunch of freaking flower bitches getting beat up by cops. It's hilarious. It's, 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 <laughs> it's awful, but it's so funny because I'm just like... Are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah. like, because like National Park Service like prides itself on its like hippie like Vibe. audience. I know Vibe. a lot of hippies that like work at the national park. Yeah, I volunteered at one. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, it's really funny because the history is not clean at all. I know that's irrelevant. I'm just thought that was funny. Um, I'm just interested with, okay, how does one? improve the quality of life though of more individuals because no 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 but like what, what i was saying earlier though okay just like uh about the schools and stuff and about unique problems that exist i just think that you know a lot of aspects of you know specifically like american life mm. just don't the there's certain elements that just don't really fit within that marxist framework because some places yeah. have weird mixed governments weird mixed policies so I mean, like, I honestly believe that there are cases when you have corporate greed benefiting the public, you know, like investors benefit or investors, you know, putting money towards projects, expecting to get a return. But there's also a very clear existing social value created for people or how Amazon warehouses run basically rural America right now. Oh, um, is that so? I, I yeah, did not know. So, um, in places like Alabama, Missouri, Tennessee, uh, small communities, uh, if they're not working on a farm or something, they're working at an Amazon warehouse. Are there that many Amazon warehouses? They're massive. Sporadically? Yeah, they're massive. Wow. So, and they hold a lot of people. Uh, your, you know, all like all your supply chain stuff, your truckers, your, your warehouses, rural communities are the ones who run those things. You yeah. know, um, and Amazon's part of that supply chain. Uh, they they 
bring people packages and the people who are distributing those packages are rural workers. Um, I guess I, I kind of see what you're saying. I, I'm not necessarily a Marxist, but I do align with some Marxist analysis. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that we need communism right now in the United States. However, don't you think that we should maybe move a little bit away from the market in some place, in some parts of our society? Well, I mean, I feel like that's why we have government controls. And I feel like, and I've said for a while now, that the way to solve that is by, you know, um, giving more power to cabinets, giving more power to boards, um, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what else, you know, uh, doing that would contain or, or imply, but I feel like having more of a cabinet-based system would decentralize some of the power from executive roles, you know? So, okay, I think there is a little bit of mistranslation, though. So are you referring to cabinet positions in local and state governments? Yes. Oh, okay, so you mean bring more power to the state, so it's almost conservative, but not really conservative. I mean, like, I would also say, like, federally, too. You know, I believe cabinets, like, generally should have more power. Um, it seems odd to me that, like, a lot of uh, committees that exist are made up of, like, a small amount of people who are voted into office and are voted into office, in my opinion, based off of, like, just public perception. You know, that seems odd to me. I feel like there should be more appointed positions, and I think there should be more methods of, you know seeing how people are qualified for those positions. I agree with what you're saying. Um, and when you say less power to the executive branch, don't you actually mean to be bringing more power to the executive executive branch as presidents are the ones who appoint cabinet members? No, no, no. But I mean like making a different system of appointing cabinet members. Oh, okay. So you're like talking about like an outside, Yeah, outside gotcha. of the executive branch. That makes sense. You know, as their own independent institutions. Like, uh... What's that institution that Donald Trump got really mad at for, like, changing the interest rate? I can't believe I forgot the name of that institution. Federal Reserve? Yes. I, I don't yeah. know how I forgot the Federal Reserve's name. Um, but something like that. Like, the Federal Reserve exists independently. You know, um, the I think it's the... Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure both the CIA and the FBI, but I remember being told one specifically um, has people whose job is to provide internal controls... You know, just because sometimes you might do things without much government oversight. Mm -hmm. So they have internal controls to regulate, you know, activities to make sure nothing illegal or sketchy happens. I feel like you could implement a pretty effective system of internal controls. It's about making it happen, organizing S logistics, etc. What does internal controls mean? Like uh, somebody's job is to make sure like um, an unfireable person. Or a set of people and uh, they're basically making sure that the institution abides by its constitution uh I, I don't know how I feel about that one because when we see unfireable people we end up with also a lot of shit but like internal controls for the internal controls bro bro you, you just <laughs> want bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy dude yeah a little bit I'm joking but um so, you're saying that we just need a total overhaul of what we have currently? I'm not saying that we need it, you know? But you, to be honest, like, to be perfectly honest, no matter what, people are going to suffer for the time being. 
No, yeah. You know? Um, like, genuinely, there's a lot of evils that exist in the world, but I feel like as the human race, we're making a lot of progress compared to what we could not be making, you know? Like, I feel like we're moving very much in the right direction. We could move in a better direction, you know? But, like, honestly... Like, we're doing great. We could do better, and I think we should seek to do better. So I don't think we need overhaul, but I think that would be a step in a correct direction. Not the correct direction, in a correct direction. I think uh, one thing that needs to happen is we need more funding to R&D in space and climate. And actual legislation that allows regulation, you know? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, it's kind of frustrating because I th- there's so much potential happening right now with climate in that the uh, United States can come back to the manufacturing sector, it can bring back the manufacturing sector with the amount of solar panels that we could create with powering the world. I don't right? know. I don't like solar panels that much. How come? It's because I recognize that nuclear energy is so much more efficient and oh, yeah. cheaper. I was just I, I think making solar panels is a waste of time compared to making nuclear reactors, in my opinion. Right, but... You, it, but if we're talking about a centralized power grid, which the U.S. does not have. Yeah, which is ridiculous that we don't, to be honest. Well, it's, actually, it's interesting because cities independently develop their own power grids, so yeah. it would actually be a nightmare to like integrate all of them to each other oh yeah but i mean i think that's something that we could definitely put into the future like i mean we have a fucking interstate system you know what i mean yeah i think if we can have an interstate we can have a centralized power but grid. do we need a centralized power grid because if we could have sets of cities uh connected with their own i guess semi-centralized power grids mm-hmm. so you know you could have for certain sets of cities you know, they would receive their energy from a source. I mean, then again, though, like, I don't know enough about electricity. I assume it's possible to transfer electricity from one city to another city, you know? Uh, with a centralized power grid, uh, I do think that merger would be possible. Uh, as but the, is it necessary? To a point, yes, because when I think of situations like Texas, when we do have an income and climate crisis, we do have to figure out a way to respond with energy in a coherent way without having to deal with the bureaucracy of dealing with several different cities. Does that make sense? Yeah. Man, you know what I hated? What? After that shit happened, um, I saw on Fox News, they were blaming the, they were blaming that uh, part of their energy was wind energy. Oh my god. They were like, oh, they use wind turbines. It must have been that that caused... And what, what what event caused that to happen, actually? It was an ice over. It just froze everything up. It, they, I don't even know how much wind is even a part of the Texas power grid. And to be honest, wind doesn't power that much. Like, just objectively, it doesn't power that, that much. Does it not? I'm not? I have no idea. No, it doesn't. It's, uh... It, it's... I forgot that I don't remember the numbers, but it's really not that much. It's a lot of solar, nuclear, like your better renewable resources. Yeah. Well, I guess nuclear is not really renewable, but I, I consider nuclear renewable. You have um, so much like fissile material that could be used as fuel on Earth that, like, realistically, you could meet all of humanity's power needs. Uh, I, I was actually like reading this. You could meet all of humanity's power needs 
um, through nuclear fission, and the sun would explode before we ran out of fuel. So for all intents and purposes, humans would be instinct extinct by the time we ran out of fuel. So would um, how do we do with the nuclear waste? Dude, the nuclear waste is minimal. Like, it's like approaching. It's it's like that kind of thing where. Um, something is produced so little, it's infinitely approaching negative infinity, or infinitely approaching zero. Like, dude, you could produce as much nuclear waste as you want, it's never going to fill up the earth, because it will, it's so little. And we'd probably have enough R&D eventually to be able to figure out Dude, not even out. eventually, right now. We have massive pools where they store uh, nuclear waste. And nuclear waste can be repurposed, too. Oh, so we're already finding a way. No, man, we found a way. Like, nuclear energy is safe. You so know? we just need to just do it. Do it, yeah. yeah. I know France is already doing a lot of it. Oh, yeah, no. I, I think um, after the 60s and the whole Hiroshima-Nagasaki thing, mm -hmm. you know, understandably so, there was this big reaction uh, against nuclear energy. Because the thing is, um, a lot, and this, this is true for space, too. A lot of research and development is funded under like military funds yeah you know so the cabinets in charge of that are like military cabinets and then so the nature of that is very different than yeah. pure research and development cabinets i do think we need to shift this is partly where i mean when i say we should stimulate not stimulate but uh fund more r d is i think it does need to go into r d with individual departments that are focused solely on producing good not producing weapons right right but at the same time you could argue that engineering firms in a market do that uh not to the same extent i mean engineering is known for its military industrial complex pipeline well i mean i mean i think that really depends like are we talking biomedical engineering are we talking hydraulics usually you're mechanical in aerospace well, right, right, right. But, like, I, I'm saying, like, engineering firms acting independently in the market. Well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's 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 obviously tough, right? There's no one band-aid fix-all solution. But I do think we need to shift focus into dealing with our problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dealing, you know? However that may be. Just because right now that's... I feel like that's not happening. You know what I mean? It's trying and it's working in some places, but it's just not happening. Yeah, yeah, I got you, man. That was a really intellectual uh, podcast today. I, I very much enjoyed that conversation. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, uh, monkeys, be monkeys. Ooga booga? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hope you guys have fun, swing from branch to the branch, and do so bravely with courage and determination. Do we have any closing words? Where'd you put my fucking banana? <laughs> I looked in the fucking fridge and it's not there anymore. Where's my fucking banana? <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever try uh, freezing bananas? <laughs> Is that just a me thing? No, or? yeah, I do that Dude, too. <laughs> frozen bananas hit differently man <laughs> anyways if you're listening you should definitely try freezing a banana and eating it sometime it's delicious a delicacy of nature um logging off now i'll see all of y'all later
Special thanks to Zapsplat.com for providing us with various sound effects used in the making of this podcast.